At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Hi, I'm Kelly Evans, host of CNBC's The Exchange. And here's what's on my mind. It's a little unnerving that we're seeing record budget deficits, soaring government debt, and steadily rising interest rates all at the same time. How much of this can be undone? And how did we get here? The short answer is government spending remains notably higher than where it was pre-COVID, while revenues are more or less the same. And the fact that both deficits and debt are higher than in the past while our borrowing costs have soared means that paying interest is also taking up an increasing share of that revenue pie. Here's what we know. The budget deficit has doubled over the past year to $2 trillion. It would actually have been $2.3 trillion if the Supreme Court hadn't scuttled President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. That's not only double what we ran last year, $1 trillion in fiscal 22, it's also double what we ran pre-pandemic in 2019. And unfortunately, that relatively low deficit last year is starting to look like an aberration. We saw a surge in revenues last year, equaling almost 20% of GDP, thanks to strong tax collections from huge capital gains in the previous year and soaring inflation. But this year, tax revenues have fallen sharply, as well as remittances from the Federal Reserve, and revenues as a result are running just under 17% of GDP, more in line with the 17.7% historical average, according to CRFB. The trouble is that government spending at the same time remains structurally higher than it was pre-pandemic. Spending is about three points higher than it used to be at 24% of GDP. And there isn't any one big reason for that jump, but a broad range of increases, including higher COLAs or cost of living adjustments for Social Security and Medicare. Subtract that from revenues, and that's how you end up with a deficit that's running 7.4% of GDP this year, larger than any other year in history in which we did not face a war, recession, or other major emergency, as the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget notes. On top of all that, the rising cost of paying interest on our debt, which keeps growing because of these deficits, is itself also pushing spending higher in a kind of fiscal doom loop. The government paid nearly half a trillion dollars in interest last year out of roughly $6 trillion in total spending. That's double what we spent in the zero interest rates years of the 2010s. And CBO warns that figure is expected to keep growing to $1.4 trillion within a decade because the amount of debt we carry has risen so sharply and unless rates miraculously return to near zero levels. To pay that cost, we either have to take it out of other spending areas or keep running deficits that will just exacerbate the problem or hope to somehow sharply increase revenues to much higher than historical levels. Little wonder politicians are now calling for a new bipartisan commission to tackle the enormous challenge we now face. If you thought the Simpson-Bowles era was fun, remember sequestration and the super committee? Well, just wait. And so we face a looming government shutdown that, as Dan Clifton of Strategus has put it, is still just an early part of what's going to be a long and difficult new age of austerity. No deal that would make substantive changes to this grim picture has yet come into view. And because of surging interest rates, the status quo, for all those hoping this unending shutdown and debt ceiling drama will just go away, well, that no longer seems tenable. The longer that yields stay around present levels, with the 10-year Treasury pushing above 4.5% this morning, 
the more pressing these problems become. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes like this one and to catch our show live weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern only on CNBC. See you then. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.